You are listening to Mike Seminary and Friends, a Q1 Network production. If you have dreams or you're wondering how to make a bigger impact in this world, you're home. Welcome to Mike Seminary and Friends. I'm Deb, Mike's wife. I suggested this idea as a way to keep him busy and out of my way after he retired. So far, it's working. Thanks for listening. It's time for Mike Seminary and Friends. Welcome to Mike Seminary and Friends, the place where we strive to make a difference, a positive difference, provide you something of value. Heck, from my perspective, we just want to share good stuff. I'm your host, Mike Seminary, and I'm so grateful you've joined us. A big thanks to my friend David Hansen for my theme music, Continental Drift. Search for his work, Serotonin Waters and Moon Dot Soup on iTunes and Spotify. By the way, I appreciate your comments and guest suggestions. Keep them coming at MikeSeminary.com or Mike Seminary and Friends on Facebook. And please visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Today, I'm so thrilled and really blessed, frankly, to have as my guest a young entrepreneur that is really making some noise. In fact, she was recently named to Forbes' list of 30 under 30 entrepreneurs in food and drink. And that's a big deal. Marcia Murphy, welcome to my seminary and friends. Thank you for taking time to join me. It's great to see you. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. This is exciting for me too. Oh, I'm just tickled because as we were talking before we started recording, uh, entrepreneurs are so exciting for me to visit with. They're they're the folks that are change agents. They change so much. Um, they uh, usually start out with some kind of a side hustle, which is kind of what your story is all about. And before you know it, uh, uh, the world changes. So I'm so excited. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start our conversation with this. How's everything in my birth town of Carrington, North Dakota? It's great. I mean, it's it's the small town life. I love it. I mean... You kind of know everybody. <laughs> There's some pros and cons to that, but I can just a little example. When we were expecting our baby, every time I went to the grocery store, are there the workers or other customers like, oh, baby's not here yet. Baby's not here yet. So everyone is is really involved and super excited about the things that are going on in our lives. And it's just really special um, going to the grocery store and being in the checkout and and they're asking, you know, how we are and truly, really care about about who we are. So it's it's uh, beautiful, and I love Carrington. It's cold and snowy, but spring is hopefully around the corner. So, <laughs> well, it, in the 67 years I've been on the planet, it always does come around the corner. Sometimes <laughs> it just takes a little longer. <laughs> yeah, some, some some winters are a little longer than others, but it really makes us appreciate the summertime. That's for sure. Well, I think staying on the the topic of Carrington is really important so we can tee up what, what you are doing with your company, you and along with your husband, Casey. Your family, originally from the Netherlands, 
involved in the dairy industry there. I don't quite understand the quota thing that I was reading about when I was doing some reading and research about you and your family. And maybe you can explain that when we get to it. And then they came over to Alberta and eventually, again, because of quota, came down to Carrington, North Dakota, where now the family, your family has a 1,500 head, Holstein and Brown Swiss Dairy, I think, mm-hmm. cows, which I knew nothing about. And I'm seeing the pictures of this operation. I'm going, holy moly. And that's important because in terms of your business, that's where you, you, that's where you get your milk for the products that you deliver. So fill in the gaps that I just provided with regards to your family and how you got to Carrington. Yeah. So my parents can probably describe this better, but I'll, I'll do my best. So like you said, we're originally from the Netherlands. They milked 50 cows there. Um, and when I was seven, we moved to um, Alberta, Canada. And there they milked about 150 cows. And like you said, there was a quota system in the Netherlands and a quota system in the in Canada. So this was why they chose. They did look at the USA at that time when they immigrated to Canada. But the regulations in Canada were a little bit um, they were different but similar, so the jump was not as scary for my parents, I think. That's why they chose Canada. Um, but the Netherlands is super small, and they wanted to expand their dairy, which is really tough to do there. So then they decided to take the leap and go to Canada to expand their dairy. And then, um, so the quota system, it's basically um, you you pay to produce milk, if that makes sense. So you pay, say, to have 100 cows to produce milk for a, um, that 100 cows would produce. And if you want to produce more, you have to pay for it. Um, so it's quite expensive, but I think it also protects the farmer, too, um, with the market and the cost of milk. Um, but like I said, my parents could probably explain that better. I just kind of make the, the gelato and the cheese, and they do the farming <laughs> aspect. But that's kind of like the gist of the quota system. So that is a reason why they moved to Carrington, North North Dakota, because the USA does not have the quota system. And they want to expand the dairy again to be big enough to support multiple families if my brothers and I were all going to be um, involved. And at that time, you know, my brothers had expressed interest in Canada and they were we were still in high school. So you you never really know. Um, But they just wanted to make sure that that opportunity was there. And my parents, their whole lives have been um, to create good lives for my brothers and I. Um, and that's what they live for. So then they wanted to make that happen and move to Carrington, North Dakota. Um, so that opportunity was there in case, say, all three of us did want to come back to the farm. So that's why we're in Carrington, North Dakota. And now they milk 1,500 cows. Um yeah, and they, you know, they do everything exactly the same as they did when they milked 50 cows in the Netherlands. The care is the same, you know, the milking is the same. It's just now they have employees and more help, and they're basically managing the farm instead of milking the cows. Um, so I don't know, it's it's bigger, and I think a lot of people are like, wow, 1,500 cows, that's so many cows. And I always say, you know, All those cows are treated so well, and they're not treated any different than they were when they had 50 cows. Um, It's just a lot more milk now. (laughs) Yeah, and if you like cheese, cheese curds, gelato, 
Like you, and the list goes on. Yes. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta love Kalisk. Yeah. <laughs> so you grow up in Carrington. You end up going to UND and you study uh, nursing because you're yeah. a person that's always cared about others. Yeah. And you're in the trauma center, I believe, at Sanford in Fargo. Correct. When did you start the side hustle of? Before it's even really the creamery. When did you start the side hustle that I'm going to produce gelato and Gouda cheese? Yeah, so it it ties back. I was in, I guess, my second to last semester of nursing school. My mom and I went to um, basically a gelato school, but it was like uh, an immersion course. So learning the basics of gelato making. And at that time, it was kind of a mother-daughter trip just to do something fun together. And we both fell in love with the with the process and thought this would be so cool to, to do ourselves and we should use milk from the farm because it's the main ingredient of gelato. So we just kind of, you know, brainstormed ideas. How can we make this possible? And at that time um, I was still in nursing school, but I graduated um, and I started working in Fargo, like you said, but during all that time we were, um, you know, figuring out how are we going to make this happen? We, we changed or turned my mom's spot of the garage into a little grade B processing facility. We got a gelato cart from Italy. We started making gelato and it was a mobile business. So I worked full time as a nurse and then I catered to weddings and farmers markets and I was pretty flexible. So I, I just booked events where I didn't work. And that's how, that's how we got started. Um, I worked for two and a half years as a nurse and gelato just got so busy that I, I couldn't do couldn't do it anymore. Um, so I, I stopped nursing and gave my full attention to to the gelato business. So in the so you and your mom went back to the Netherlands. No, so the class was actually in Chicago. Okay. So gelato University it's originally in Italy, but they come to the states like once or oh. twice a year to teach immersion courses, and that's what we did. Um, I I actually did take the full Gelato University course online. I during the pandemic I wasn't able to go to Italy to do it, but I just did it via via the internet, which is kind of the new norm I feel like nowadays. Um so I did do that, but yeah, it was in Chicago. So we just learned the basics and then from then on we just kind of you know, tested recipes and figured some things out on our own and start got started. <laughs> So you're in Fargo at Sanford. Casey's still in school studying right. physical therapy. Yes. And he's from Carrington originally? Yes. Casey, okay. So you decide to come back to Carrington. Yep. You, you had the mobile unit. Mm-hmm. What was the first step in, I'm going to turn this into a, a full-blown creamery mm-hmm. and we're going to launch this thing? Yeah, good question. You know, looking back, I don't even know where that decision really came from. Um, it all just went, it all just goes so fast. Uh, so like you said, we were in Fargo and Casey and I just, we've both wanted to live on a farm, you know, whether it was opening a creamery, I don't know, but we just wanted to raise a family on the farmstead. But then we had this gelato business and back in the Netherlands, a lot of creameries are obviously on the farm and people can come to the farm and enjoy gelato or cheese or whatever that farmer is making. And I wanted to bring that experience back to North Dakota. And we honestly actually did look 
outside of Fargo first for a farmstead, just because, you know, the population is there. Um, but my heart was just pulling me back to Carrington just because our community is so supportive. And really without the Carrington folks, I wouldn't be where I am today because they've been so supportive from the start. And also my parents, um, my mom is really involved. And for her to be two hours away would have been just too hard for me. Um, she's at the creamery probably every single day. Um, you know, like I said, she's very involved, very creative and a big part of the business. So Casey and I just said, okay, um, we're leaving Fargo. We're going to Carrington where our family is. And we found this farmstead that's just perfect. It's actually an old dairy farm. And, um, we thought it was just, just the most picturesque, cute place. And we thought this is, you know, it's quiet. Um, there's no really highway that close. You don't hear anything but wildlife and the wind blowing in the trees. And that was really what we were looking for. We wanted something peaceful for ourselves. And then also a, a little getaway place for people to to enjoy the farm life and the farm scenery. Um, so that's kind of how we came back to Carrington. Well, I'm going to go back to the mobile unit experience in a moment. But you said something that I probably should say something about. You talked about how Carrington is such a welcoming community and so friendly. And, and you know what that is, right? Because right? I was born there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd share that again. <laughs> so you had the mobile unit and you're, tell me the kind of events that you're going to and what are some of the responses you're getting about the gelato? Because most people are more familiar with ice cream mm -hmm. up in this part of the country than they are gelato. And so what, what, those, what were those experiences like? And then also describe what the real difference is between gelato and ice cream. Yeah, that's a really good question because, like you said, people aren't familiar with gelato. So it was a lot of educating people in the beginning. You know, when we, we would be at a wedding, people would say, well, what is gelato? It's like, well, it's Italian ice cream. And the difference is, is that gelato is made with mainly milk. Um, so it's about half the butter fat compared to regular ice cream. And then it's churned slower and warmer. So this creates the product um, to be super dense and taste really, really creamy because it has like almost no air in it. And ice cream has a lot of air. Um, so gelato is super rich. You don't need a big serving to feel satisfied. And this is, you know, the reason we chose gelato is because milk is the main ingredient and milk we have right at our fingertips and really, really good milk. My, my family produce, my family's cows, they produce really high quality milk. My parents have received the high quality milk award since they started back in the Netherlands and all the way to Canada and all the way here, they haven't missed a year. So making gelato was a way to, to honor my parents' hard work and passion for dairy farming. And now I make really good products with it. And it's not that hard because the main ingredient is so fantastic. Um, but tying back to the question of how people, you know, reacted, you know, after you explain, Hey, this is what gelato is. It's made with, farm fresh milk from our family dairy farm that's the secret ingredient that's not so secret and people just loved it um it just from the start it's just been an awesome product and you know I had one owner of a gelato shop in the Netherlands tell me he says you have one shot to impress somebody 
you have to make a good product from the start. And if you have a bad product and somebody tastes it for the first time, they're never going to come back. They're going to tell their friends, you know, oh, that the Chesa gelato, it's okay. Um, you can't, you can't run a successful business if you're not doing a good job from the beginning. So I think that really helped us having a good product um, from day one and going to weddings. We would see two to 300 different people every weekend. So it was a really good way for us to market um, without really, you know, besides our time, um, it didn't really cost us much because word of mouth is probably the best way to, to market your product. You know, if somebody says your product is so good, um, that's a lot better than a billboard saying, hey, buy Duchessa Gelato. Um, you know, you want people to explain their experience and the taste of what they tried. Um, so that's kind of how it all started. Basically weddings and then farmers markets and like business meetings. Basically at that time, anybody that would hire me, I would say yes, because I was growing a business. I sacrificed <laughs> a lot of time, but it looking back, I don't regret it, but we did, um, my husband and I really did sacrifice a lot in the beginning. I'm going to be honest during, while we were doing it, I didn't really think that we were doing that. But now looking back, we really did, um, <laughs> have to work really hard to get where we are today. Well, I'm so glad that you did it and Casey as well, because I just think a couple years from now, I think I'm talking to the next dot. Oh, <laughs> I dodge press. That's what I think. I'm, that's what I think I'm talking to right now. So back back to the mobile unit and educating, for lack of better terms, exposing people to gelato. Was it almost universal thumbs up? I I love it. Yeah, much. yeah, I would say so. And if not, they didn't tell me. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to trying it. I, uh, well, we'll talk about how you ordered in a little bit, and I, I missed the window twice, oh. <laughs> and that's my fault. And I I loved gelato uh, back in 2018. My wife, Deb, and I, along with another couple, were in Italy, and I ate gelato there, for, I think for the first time, and fell in love with it. <laughs> so now to the cheese. Yeah. Why Gouda? So... Um, Gouda cheese because we're from the Netherlands and it's a typical Dutch cheese and around here it's hard to find true authentic Gouda um, and my family loves Gouda you know most people like Gouda it's not too you know crazy out of the box cheese um, I think it looks cool the, the yellow orange wheels in the aging room I don't know it's probably my favorite cheese it's a Dutch cheese and that's that's why my my mom has a history of, of making cheese back when she was around 24 years old. She went to New Zealand for about six months and lived with a Dutch family that made cheese there. So she has a, a history of it. And I don't know, I wanted to bring as much of the Netherlands here as possible. And that's kind of how we started. I love good Gouda cheese, by the way. It's just, <laughs> I, I'm kind of a cheese nut. Yeah, I, I like really sharp cheddars, so on and so forth. But yeah. really good Gouda. There's nothing. There's nothing better. How, yeah. By the way, how much do one of those wheels weigh? So our Gouda cheese wheels are between about twenty-two and twenty-five pounds. And how long does it take once you start the preparation mm -hmm. and then putting them on the shelves? How long does it take for that process? So um, making the cheese wheel probably takes a full day. 
and then it sits in the brine bath for three days and then it goes on the pine planks. We do wax it about two to three coats and then we have to age it for at least four to six weeks. Um, so before we can sell it, it takes about four to six weeks um, and you can age it up to two to five years um, if you want to. So yeah, it's so pretty versatile. Can someone buy an entire wheel or you cut all that up and distribute yeah. it? So right now we sell it by the pound. Um, maybe I'm kind of looking into um, contacting some restaurants, some local restaurants that would maybe want our cheese on their menu. And in that way, it'd probably make more sense for them to, to purchase the whole wheel. Um, but we're not quite wholesaling yet. Um, we can barely keep up with, with our own customers right now. Um, we need to hire some employees. So we're, we've been having, I've been saying it's been growing pains like for the last two years. I'm just kind of wondering when are we going to get out of the growing pain? Um, uh, I don't even know what to say, but <laughs> I don't know if that's ever going to stop. Casey full-time with his business, the uh, physical therapy and sports performance yep. center that he has. You're full-time in uh, cows and creamery. Mm -hmm. How often do you get to see each other? <laughs> so Casey, actually, now he works um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 10 hours, 10 hour days. So he has Tuesdays and Thursdays off. Um, so that's we've been really grateful for his boss to have let him be so flexible after our baby shepherd was born. Um, Casey is now going back three days a week um, instead of completely full time. Um, even that is challenging. I would love Casey for, to be home full time. Um, but Casey loves his job and I don't think he's quite ready to give up yet. And his patients are telling him, you can't stop. You can't stop. Um, <laughs> so he has, he has his wife telling him to quit and then he has his patients telling him not to. So he's kind of, he's kind of in between, but you know, he's an awesome physical therapist. He's just so good at what he does, but he's also such a good you know, help at the creamery. I mean, he's a really big part of it. So my husband, I can't say enough about him. He's just good at everything he does. So it's, everybody wants him where they think he's best. Um, so he's kind of in a challenging spot. <laughs> you know, he works, he works a lot in town and, and helps a lot at the creamery and he's a great father. So it would be nice for Casey to have some some time to relax. <laughs> how many how many miles outside of Carrington is the creamery and then the family dairy? So we're probably about ten miles from Carrington, and then we're about three miles from the from the dairy farm, and the dairy farm is closer to Carrington. Okay, I'm going to go to flavors in just a minute with regards to the gelato. How did you decide? I'm going to also make cheese curds um the people <laughs> the our customers i mean i didn't really want to make cheese curds i i just wanted and it's not that cheese curds aren't classy i just kind of wanted this like you know gelato is super elegant um gouda cheese is so artisan cheese curds is so like it's so i don't know it's it just doesn't have like the classy feel to me um, but people wanted it, so sometimes you have to do what the customer wants. And so we started to add cheese curds to the menu, too. And they're good. Um, I like them, but people love cheese curds around here. 
<laughs> well, you get them at the county fair, you get them at the state fair, you get them at the yes. River Valley State Fair, you get them everywhere. Even yeah. Dot of Dot's Pretzels made a pretzel with cheese curd flavoring. So I oh. think you're doing the right thing, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. How, how did you determine the flavors that you would produce and how did you sample them and determine this is the right mixture of ingredients to produce what I want. Yeah. So obviously I like to have some traditional Italian flavors, you know, hazelnut, pistachio, dark chocolate, hazelnut, scotticella. Um, those were, I had to have those. And then just, I don't know, seasonal, you know, there's honey berries here. I can make a honey berry cheesecake or um, I try to try to use as much, uh, as many local ingredients as possible. Um, a lot of the times, you know, going through the dairy aisle at the grocery store, looking at yogurt flavors, you know, people are so creative. Um, like I said, with having a, a really high quality milk and then sugar and cream, it's not that hard to make something taste good. Um, <laughs> there's been, you know, it's, there's been times where I've opened an order with a flavor on it that I haven't even um, tested yet. So I'm selling a product that I haven't even tried yet, which I usually don't like to say out loud. But so far, it hasn't um, bit me in the butt yet. But that's probably <laughs> not something I should do anymore. Um, I don't know. It's it's such a versatile product. You can make really any flavor um, of gelato. And doing lots of weddings, I let the bride and groom pick flavors. So, you know, they've come up with lots of different flavor ideas and that has, you know, pushed me to try new recipes. Um, so I guess that's kind of where it all comes from. A lot of people give ideas and then you see lots of things at the store, like flavor ideas. I don't know. It's, it's unending. It's so, you know, you can, you can make anything. Well, I'm going to, for, oh, I better stop for a second. So you and Casey are a team. So are Deb and me. Deb is my wife. Deb gave me the idea for this podcast, and she edits every one of them. Do you want me to have her edit out what you just said about, I sometimes I don't even taste it, and that might bite me in the butt, or should we leave it? Well, you know what? I taste it, but there's times, there's times where, like, we have monthly orders. So I come up with 10 flavors and say oh, this month I really want to make a strawberry cheesecake. Um, I'm going to put it on the order, and but I haven't actually tried making the product yet. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Okay, I got gotcha. you. The strawberry cheesecake, and I'm like, oh, boy, hopefully I can make a good strawberry cheesecake because people have purchased it already. Um, and then I make it, and it's always been good. So that's kind of what I, what I was saying. <laughs> But you can leave it in there. <laughs> okay. Well, especially bite me in the butt thing. I can that that'll, that'll bring a smile to some people's faces. <laughs> I interviewed, and I I just love what you're doing. I love when entrepreneurs have a side hustle, and eventually it becomes possible for them to do that full time and chase their full dream and vision. So I just applaud you, March. I think that's so cool. I'm excited for you. A, a while back. I interviewed a fellow by the name of Zach Raw. You graduated from UND, Zach from NDSU. He was a football player, fabulous wide receiver. He and his wife have A to Z Creamery. That's for Alex and Zach Creamery over in the Twin Cities. Have you heard of them? I think, is it, a, is it an ice cream shop? 
It is. And okay, I think I have. And what he, he does something similar to you. Uh, it's a side hustle. He has a full time career, and I th- I think if I recall correctly, he first of all gets real creative, comes up with a new flavor every week. Let's everybody know that it's available on a Tuesday. You order it virtually or online. I think 400 to 450 pints. They sell out in about 30 seconds. Okay. And then you pick, you pick them up the next day. I'm bringing that up because I'm curious about when you first started, how many pints were you producing? Mm-hmm. How many pints are you producing now? And how long did it take to go from the pints you were producing with the mobile unit to your now full production capabilities? How long did that take? Yeah. Um, So it's always really cool to look back because so with the mobile unit, it wasn't pints. It was all scoop gelato. Okay. Um, So we started out doing the the weddings in the farmer's markets. And as we kind of grew, we started doing monthly deliveries. So we started in Carrington. We actually did um, court containers at that time. So we would open an order. People would message on Facebook and they would come to my mom's house, my parents' house and pick up their gelato. Um, so we did Carrington and then we added Jamestown and then we added Fargo and then we added Grand Forks. Like every month we kind of grew. And I remember, I think our first Christmas we sold like 300 pints and we were all like, Oh my goodness, 300 pints. How are we going to get that done? Um, we just thought it was just so many and we can make like 340, 360 pints a day. Um, now this last Christmas, I think we sold like, 7,000 pints um, in the in the uh, Christmas order and usually every month you know Christmas is our biggest it's our biggest month of the year um, surprisingly when it's super cold out people still want gelato um, but every month we probably make around 3,000 pints that's I would say that's pretty close to what it usually is um, so yeah we've we've grown quite a bit and to think you know it's it's still my mom and I and my sister-in-law helps and my husband that we've, you know, we've grown so much and we haven't really added any employees that it's, it's, it's time we have to hire people, especially now with the baby. But I think it's pretty incredible what my family has done without, without extra hands. <laughs> oh, absolutely. How long does it take to produce 3000 pints? Um, usually a couple weeks. So um our delivery schedules um we try to split it up a little bit so that we have time to turn in between um because we want to make the product as fresh as possible for the customer you know gelato should be eaten um some people have it in the freezer for five to six months and they still they say it still tastes amazing but i don't like to hear that because i'm like you got to eat your gelato fresh like (laughs) i'm a little offended it's still in your freezer for five to six months um but some people savor it, and that's totally fine. I that's 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 great. Um, but yeah, I usually recommend once people pick up their gelato to have it eaten within within two to three weeks um, to have it stay the best consistency and taste. Um, but I have had our gelato like two months later, and it's still fantastic. But there's just something about eating it fresh, and and that's what gelato is, and that's kind of how we started our brand is a fresh product. So I want to continue that. I don't want to have, you know, a big 
big walk-in freezer with gelato that's been sitting there for months and months and then selling it. You know what I mean? So that'll be another growing thing. You know, how do we make sure that it stays fresh um, as we grow? So we'll see. Maybe I want to keep gelato's kind of small scale and and grow the cheese business because cheese sits on the pine planks and that's okay for it to, to sit for months and months. Are you selling more gelato or Gouda cheese? Um, I think we're probably selling more gelato. Yep. Hmm. But we've we've only been selling the cheese probably online or like with our orders for about four months now. Now, are you collaborating with Molly A? Did, did I say her name correctly, Molly yeah, A? Yeah, yeah. From um, the Food Network? Um, she's just become a really supportive friend, I guess. I don't know. There's we've I've made um we collaborated I guess with the the Malier monster cookies. Um she's just, you know, she's Wait, wait, wait. She has a monster cookie that she makes? Yes. So she has a a special she um sent me the special monster cookie recipe um and we made um gelato sandwiches, gelato monster cookie sandwiches. Oh. Um, so she has been, you know, I actually met her she had a yogurt and yoga class in Fargo and I went to it and I remember meeting her for the first time and I told her, I said, I want to start a gelato business. Um, and I told her I, I wanted to get a cart from Italy and this was all before my business even started. And then I, I did it and then she's been following along ever since and has always, you know, um, supported me on social media and shared shared what we're doing, which is huge because she has so many followers and, you know, for how busy she is and how, you know, how famous she really is. Um, she's so down to earth and, you know, without her, she's opened a lot of doors for me, I think. Um, so I can, I can give a lot of my success, you know, with the help of Molly Ye and she's really inspiring um, who she is. You know, I would love to be, be somebody like her. Um, but I don't think anybody can be like her because she's just so amazing and she's so unique and so creative, but I'll just keep looking up to her like a role model. <laughs> okay. I got to stop and talk about monster cookies for a second. Okay. Some people probably don't know what those are. Yeah. The first time I had one was on a farm. I think it might've been the Erie or Irie, I'm not sure how to pronounce the name, kind of over by the Arthur Page area, somewhere over there. And it was, you know, it was like the size of a big pancake and probably half an inch thick. Oh, yeah. It was so huge. And to this day, it's the best monster cookie I've ever had. And I love monster cookies. Oh, I do too. <laughs> In Bismarck, there's a restaurant called uh, Anima Cachina where they make their own pastries, coffee, all sorts. And they have a monster scone, Ooh. which is so good. So now on my priority list is what you just mentioned. Yes. Yeah. A monster gelato cookie. That That's to die for, I think. Yeah, it, it is pretty darn good because it's two monster cookies squished between peanut butter gelato. It's pretty fantastic. <laughs> Do you sell them? Yeah. So we sold them at the farmer's market in Fargo, the Red River Market. And then we also did them in a couple pre-orders. They're just a lot of work and a lot of people want them. 
So they sell out right away. And um, whenever my mom and I are feeling ambitious, we put them on the menu. <laughs> so I, I'm going to plant a seed for an idea. Yeah, okay. If As a UND grad, which you might want to consider, yeah. homecoming this coming here, you should make, maybe make it a little green, maybe somehow, <laughs> the gelato. Monster, you Can you imagine how that might go over at UND? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That would be pretty awesome. You know, I, my husband and I, uh, like last year we had, we had actually contacted the Ralph Eggleston arena to see if they would be interested in having our gelato cart there. Um, but they, they wanted us to be there every Friday and Saturday. And I don't think they wanted us to compete with the blue bunny sales, um, <laughs> that they have there, which is understandable. Um, but it was just too big of a commitment to do every Friday, Saturday for us. Um, yeah. How many different locations now? You, you mentioned Grand Forks, Fargo, Carrington. Now you're also in Bismarck. Yes, we deliver to 11 different cities in North Dakota right now. And I think what people like, um, most people know, but people, I really want people to know that it's, you know, it's, us making the gelato it's us delivering gelato it's us we're basically doing everything ourselves right now um and i used to be like i get a lot of emails and calls and i used to reply like in like <laughs> 30 seconds and now it just takes me a couple days to reply and and call people back i just need help um so you know it's it's a it's a double full-time job i say for the things we do but it's it's a lot of fun and I want to continue to deliver the product because I want to see my customers. And I think the people really appreciate seeing me um, on the delivery routes, you know, the, the producer and the person behind, um, behind the business, I guess. Your son's name is Shepard? Shepard, yep. Is he going with you yet or when you're delivering? No, you know, okay. we, we thought, oh, we should bring him with, but it would be so long. The days are so long and he'd sit in the car seat all day. So usually my mom or my mother-in-law watches him when, when mm. we're gone. I should mention that you also received national recognition from the Farm Progress magazine yes. as young, young people impacting agriculture. Mm-hmm. When did that happen, and what exactly does that mean in terms of how you're impacting agriculture, is it, or is it kind of a no-brainer, how you're collaborating with the dairy operation and making products as a result of what's produced there? Yeah, I think that was, um, yeah, diversifying the farm, um, making, you know, products with, with your milk. I think that's why they chose me to have me on that list. Not necessarily that I was, um, you know, I'm not really on, you know, like any political stance on agriculture. I think they just um, recognize me because I'm making um, gelato and cheese with, with the milk from our cows. Yeah. I don't think there should be a political stance on agriculture. If no. people aren't farming, we're all starving to death. So that's pretty, that's pretty much the way it works. Yeah. <laughs> that stuff doesn't get onto the shelves of a grocery store unless somebody's producing it. Does it? Right. That's the way Absolutely. it works. Absolutely. What's the website? So right now it's, it's really confusing. Um, so duchessagelato.com. But we're actually right now in the process of changing websites and it's going to be cows and co-creamery. So 
I guess my biggest advice to people when they start a business, pick a name that you know you can diversify things with because we started Duchessa Gelato and you can't really start making cheese and still be called Duchessa Gelato. (laughs) Um, So Cows & Co. Creamery is the mother company and Duchessa Gelato is now just the brand of our gelato, if that makes sense. So So eventually it would be Cows, C-O-W-S, and or ampersand. And, A-N-D. CO yep. Creamery. Correct. Yep. Okay. And um, eventually I would like to ship our product. Um, we're going to start with shipping cheese. This is um, my goals for this year is to be shipping our products by the end of the year. Um, gelato, you need to have dry ice. So it, it'll come with a cost to the customer. Um, so we're going to test it out and see if it works. And if it works, fantastic. If it doesn't, we're just going to keep delivering what we do. Um, so yeah, we just have a lot of ideas that we want to launch this year but it's going to take quite a bit um of help we need to hire people and i'm having a really hard time letting go of the reins um you know it's you want to do everything yourself you always think you do it better yourself but we just have to to find some good people that we can trust to help us and we've had a lot of people reach out that they'd be willing to help every now and then and um yeah, I hopefully won't, we won't have any problems finding employees. We'll see. <laughs> have you actually started the search or is that yet to come? Yeah. So, you know, every day I just, my husband and I keep saying, we need to hire somebody. We need to hire somebody. And we actually, um, so Casey's aunt, Tina, she actually lives about half a mile. Um, she's been helping us every Tuesday. And then my sister-in-law helps a lot. She's actually also a nurse, but she doesn't work as much as she used to because she's helping at the creamery. And then Casey's cousin, Johnny, he's still in high school, but he comes every day after school and helps, whether it's waxing cheese, flipping cheese, doing some heavy lifting work. Um, So right now it's all still family, um, but we will, um, we are just kind of thinking like, how are we going to do it? Are we going to put a Facebook post out? You know, I don't have a business background or degree I don't even know how people hire employees I (laughs) so we just we're just kind of taking it day by day um but you know with the baby I want to be able to give you know Shepard as much of my attention as possible and we just we've learned we're not gonna have a baby before the busiest time of the year again um, (laughs) because it was like Casey went back to work and it was my mom Shepard and I turning gelato and to be honest, Shepherd isn't much help at a two-month-old. <laughs> Are you still the only on-farm creamery in North Dakota? Yes, we are. Yep. So that's that's also super special. We came in at the right time. And yeah, we're the only on-farm processing um, creamery in North Dakota. Are there very many anywhere in um, terms of on-farm creameries? Wisconsin has a ton, you know, okay. lots of cheesemakers. Um, probably, you know, every few miles, you're probably oh, sure. going to find a cheesemaker. Sure. Minnesota has a few, um, but also not that many. So it's, you know, in the Midwest, I th- I'm sure California has lots. Um, but, yeah, it's something something different, and I, I think it's really growing. I think there's lots of dairy farmers that are looking to to make a product with their milk. Um, just because, you know, they want to put a price tag on, on the milk, um, that they're producing. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's definitely up and coming. Am I going to say this correctly when I say stroopwafel? Yeah. Stroopwafel. That's what you say it in Dutch. (laughs) People here will say stroopwafel. Yeah. 
And that describe exactly what that is. And are you putting, is that like a sandwich? You're putting gelato in the middle of two of them? No, but that's a good idea. Um, oh, there, there you go. So, uh, uh, waffle, it's, it's two little really thin, uh, waffles with caramel on the inside. And it's just, it's the typical Dutch dessert that you're going to have with coffee and you get it on flights now. Um, it's just a really popular treat originally from the Netherlands. And of course it's like, well, of course we have to make that at the creamery. We're trying to bring the Netherlands to North Dakota and how, what best way to do that when, then with uh, homemade stroke waffles. And Gouda cheese. <laughs> Why couldn't you put a little like hazelnut gelato in there with the caramel? I think that might work. Yeah, I think that would be delicious. The I'll only sample thing, it. Yes. The only thing is, is that you would probably put it in the freezer, you know, and then when you bite into the scope waffle, the caramel would be super hard. So then it could be, you know, kind of crunchy, but... We're going to have to try it. I think that'd be super cool. <laughs> Maybe it's when, when you open up the cafe, because I don't think you're open yet. Am I correct yeah, when I say that? We've just been open three times. Um, so right now we're trying to be open twice a month on a Saturday. Um, and in the summertime, we want to be open every Saturday. Um, but like I said, we just need more help. <laughs> so maybe that's how you do it. You take a couple of the stroof waffles, put a scoop of, hazelnut in there with a little caramel and serve it fresh that way instead that's, of freezing it. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. With espresso or something. Yes. Oh, yeah. So actually, do you know what an avocado is? No. So it's a, a scoop of gelato, usually vanilla or sweet cream, with espresso poured over top of it. It's it's very good. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Yeah. The Like I said, the possibilities are endless. And Especially milk. You can make so many things with milk. Um, it's just, it's fun. It's a, a really fun business to be in. Okay, I'm going to ask you a magic wand question. I ask almost every guest one or two magic wand questions. If you, if you could, could wave a magic wand over the heads of the people like you, young aspiring entrepreneurs that want to go create something, it doesn't matter what it is. What's the one thing you'd want them to know? Oh, um, it's a good question. What would I want them to know? Um, I guess I would want them to know to, to never give up. Um, I think, and also, like, maybe this isn't, like advice people want to hear, but you, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're going to have to sacrifice um, your time and your friends and family too. Luckily, my, my business is family. So I've been able to spend more than enough time with my family, but you're going to miss out on a lot of fun things, um, especially in the beginning. I think I'm trying to think what my husband told me like two days ago, it was some famous entrepreneur. He said, um, you know, it is just known that successful people work all the time. Um, but he says, you know, working all the time doesn't necessarily make you successful. But he's like, I can guarantee you that most successful people work all the time. Um, and, you know, it's not my goal in life to work every single day. You know, my goal is to work hard now so I can, you know, take a day off or two when, when we're older. 
Um, but yeah, I think I would want people to know that, you know, before you jump into something, just to, to know that you're going to have to sacrifice um, at least the first few years. And that's not always fun to have to say no, uh, you know, to, to a bachelorette party or a bachelor party. Um, Casey and I jumped into business when all of our friends were getting married. So we, we missed out on a lot of those things. Um, and looking back, you know, that's kind of sad. That's a big part of your life to, to do things like that with your friends. Um, but I'm really proud of the business we've grown and it's super fun meeting new people and, um, I don't regret it, but yeah, I guess that'd be the two things to never give up and to know that you're going to have to sacrifice. Mm. That's, that's good advice. It really is March of the year. What your husband said, I heard it a different way also many years ago when I was much younger. Uh, an entrepreneur, very successful individual, was asked the question, um, how much did you work? He said, it was really easy. I, you know, I decided to only work you know, uh, half a day. Mm-hmm. I just had to decide which 12 hours mm-hmm. I'd work. And I did it seven days a week for a number of years before I became successful. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes that's intimidating or scary for people to hear. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes because they associate it with, if they're an employee somewhere and they're doing it really for another person or the company, that's kind of a different thing in terms of, am I willing to make that kind of sacrifice? So now I'm going to ask you that magic wand question, similar, but a little bit different. Now you're waving it over the heads of people that have a side hustle. They have this career and they have this vision or dream. What's the one thing you want them to know? Yeah, that also ties me back to uh, what my husband had told me a long time ago. He said, never quit whatever your hours are. We say nine to five. Don't quit your nine to five until you know your side hustle is going to pay for what you need to be paid for to quit. Um, so, you know, you're going to, like I, I worked full time till, and I, I used a lot of that income to grow my business. Um, so never quit till you know you can make enough income with your side hustle. And honestly, if you're not in love with the career, if you don't love going to work, you quit that, you know, quit that darn job, you know, don't waste <laughs> your life. You know, life's, Life seems long, but it's really so short. Um, if you are doing a side hustle and it's going well, you know, try to go all out if you can and and make it your full-time job. Um, yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> oh, you did. So the ordering process. Walk me through, and listeners of the podcast, if they – maybe the easiest thing to do is that if – you, they go to the, you go to the website right now. That's pretty self-explanatory about how to order, when the window shuts, all that kind of thing. Yep. Kind of explain that. Yeah. So that's another thing that's super like confusing. Um, so with this new website, I, I just want to be better at, you know, it, it's the order. A lot of my updates are on Facebook. So... The biggest thing is to follow us on Facebook and and there are a lot of people that aren't on Facebook. So it's really hard for them to get a hold of our product and get into that window because they don't know when it's open. Um, But I want to have a schedule out there so people know, hey, this day it opens, this day it closes. 
Um, but it's not the same every month because holidays fall on different days. So like Valentine's Day and Easter and we always do orders for those. Um, but right now, I guess my biggest thing is to follow us on Facebook and watch for updates. So once the order opens, people can order via our website in the shop section. You pick which delivery location, you choose your cheese and gelato. And then the pickup day say is March 1st. You meet me in Bismarck, pick up your items and enjoy them. Um, but we need to have something more regular. And with this new website, people are able to subscribe. Um, so emails will be sent out. Hey, the order opened today. Um, so you don't have to rely on Facebook because with the algorithms and stuff on Facebook, you're not necessarily always going to see my posts. Um, so it's, it's, it's really hard. And I, I do like, it's, I do feel bad for the customers that, that miss out. And most of the time I add the, their order once it's closed, it just makes it hard for me, um, to remember those orders and to write it down and to get my counts right. Um, yeah, we just need to make it easier for people to get a hold of our product. And right now, I'm kind of living day by day. Um, I don't even know what I'm going to do tomorrow. Um, but I need to have like six months out a schedule on our website so people know what's going on. Um, but it's hard to do that when myself as the the owner of the business doesn't even know what's going on. And I'm going to be honest, I'm not organized at all. And that's I guess that's another thing I can wave a magic wand, you know, be organized because four, almost four years later, I'm still not organized and it has bit me in the butt many times. <laughs> well, the website is cows and a N D C O creamery.com. Correct. And that's probably going to launch in like the next two weeks. So by the time people listen to this, it'll probably be open. <laughs> and is it Cows and Creamery on Facebook? Cows and Co. Creamery. Cows and Co. Creamery. Yep. On Instagram? Yes, as well. Yep. Same thing. Facebook and Instagram. And then Instagram actually also has a Duchessa Gelato page still. I do like that name. That's just a gelato. That's a, yeah. that's a nice ring to it. Yeah. But you're right. If you're if you're if you're gonna sell other stuff, you have to have maybe right. a shift. I didn't want to give it up, so we're keeping Duchessa gelato because that's you know that's who we are. Um, that's how we got started, and I wanna I wanna keep that gelato brand. What else do you want people to know about you, Marcia? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think we've shared mostly everything that, that I'd want people to know. I guess um, my goal in life is to to give people the experiences that I had in the Netherlands, sitting on the patio, enjoying farm fresh gelato or an artisan cheese and looking out and just having no worries. Um, mm -hmm. I want people to, to leave the city and come see us and, and look out and um, not see a single car except for people pulling into the creamery. But I don't know. I just, I want people to, to have a moment in their lives where they can sit and enjoy nothing but their family and friends and, and good food. Um, that's, that's my goal. Um, and then maybe eventually if, if we get successful enough, I want to build a big state hospital of, um, for mental health for people that are struggling. Um, yeah. But that's something, that's a story for another day. That's something that's touched my heart in the last 
couple years to want to do that. So that's kind of why I want to be like Dot, so I can have enough money to build a hospital of my own. <laughs> oh, good for you. Yeah. Good, yeah. good for you. Yeah. Mental illness is um, very, very prevalent, more so than most people probably realize. Yes. Yeah. And it is uh, debilitating. It is uh, released really hard on families and people. So good right. for you. Let's, let's make sure you can get that done. And right. you used to be a hurdler too, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Marcia, thank you so much for for taking time to join me. I know how busy you are <laughs> and appreciate you. And I can't wait to try the products. Yes. And yes. I wasn't able to because I screwed up. So that's that's okay. That's okay. Well, I I really appreciate your you doing what you do and sharing people's stories. I mean, people like you are how we get our word out. So I, I appreciate you taking the time and being so enthusiastic about butter business because people like you is what, what keep me going. Oh, thanks, Marcia. Appreciate you so much. Have a great day. Yes, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. You are profoundly appreciated. Where would I be without the team at Q1 Network? Anna DeVere, Ashley Harris, Bo Hastings, and Marlo Anderson. And my wife, Deb. Deb really orchestrates all of this for me. I have an incredible wife, partner, and friend. Thanks again for listening to Mike's Seminary and Friends. Until we chat again, love y'all.